and they've got about like oh, we've been going for a while have we got much longer like, well yeah usually record for about an hour and we just have a chat and we catch up i think that's great though when you when you messaged me and you said that i was like you know what i i, I do appreciate that like just kind of a casual like you know like hangout chat um not like a like a structured interview so <laughs> I, I mean because my room is anything to go by i don't do structured like <laughs> what Yeah, so, welcome go. to the podcast. Welcome, welcome. to the podcast. How are you? I mean, I've already asked you how you are, but we'll, we'll go back through that. You've been having a busy week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a very busy week. Um, uh, months in the making because we Sumo Psycho's album dropped this week, and that was mm. basically two years in the making. Um, like uh, Sky um, started a crowdfunding campaign uh, in. I think it was what beginning of 2019 uh, for it. And we uh, offered at the time people could pre-order the album and, and we offered like a photo book, vinyl, t-shirts, all that stuff. But um, it meant over the course of two years, Sky and I had to create it. <laughs> and then she had to, of course, with Matt and the band, right? And yeah. record the album. Yeah. Um, but uh, and as as anyone who is familiar with Sumo Psycho, the art is never simple. <laughs> no, it never looks simple. It it doesn't look like something you can just pull off in a weekend. <laughs> no, no, and I mean, and, and it's a lot of fun, and it's always it's always uh, it's always fun to have people that like really push the envelope. When when Sky says like, "Oh, can uh, can I have an album cover where I'm falling through the sky?" You know, and. Yeah. I want the buildings poking through the clouds and uh, and and things like that. It's uh, it's always a I don't know. Can we do that? But we'll figure it out. It's like a small request, right? Just like casual. Just say it's a small request, and then not just that, but then it's like let's have every bright color um, possible. And I'm sure you know, as an artist, like color is not the easiest. uh, Definitely not. Thing. I mean, I'm colorblind, so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> color is never most of my work is black and white the only time i really use color is when i paint and that's because yeah. i feel like i can get away with it because i'm like paint just mixes it does its own thing and i let, I let it do its own thing so i don't really worry about it everything yeah. else is black and white but for those of uh those who are listening who don't know i will let you introduce yourself because i'm terrible at introducing people so who are you francesca um, I am, I'm Francesca Ludicar. I am uh, a photographer, a uh, graphic designer or graphic artist. Um, and I also am uh, getting into video. I'm a videographer as well and uh, creative director. So multiple hats, but all, all in the art world yeah. and music world. Very much music world. Like yeah. Dominating the music side of things, as it, as it were. Yeah, no, I mean, so I, I found you, I, I, was, I look back through the emails because you are such a busy person of when I first reach out, reached out to you. And I think it was like October 2020 or something like yeah. that. And we tried to book down and say, hey, when can you actually come chat? Do you want to chat? What would we chat about? Um, and I found you through Sumo Psycho, which again, for anybody listening who doesn't know, is a band. And I have seen them live twice now i think and i i saw them live and then i kind of got into all the visual work and 
and having studied film and photography, I figured I need to know who's making this because it, there was a very clear style to it all. I mean, it was very clear that someone was behind it rather than the band. And I, I thought that was quite evident quite early on from when I saw it. And I was like, I need to find out. And then I ended up following you and following all, all your work. How long have you worked with them now then? Like, um, well, Sky and I have been uh, very good friends since we were like 15 years old. Oh, wow. um, so Sky and I go back to one of my, I'm in my 30s now. So we go back like 15, 16 yeah. years. Um, and we always like had a creative relationship even when we were teenagers, um, cause Sky was always very like DIY, very, even when she was like 14 would, would sew her own clothes together and, and yeah. things like that. And so we always did like photos, but it was always very, uh, very, you know, like DIY, like figure it out. Yeah. And then over the years, uh, her and I just naturally always continued to work together. And, uh, that's where of course I kept trying to like evolve my skill set it wasn't yeah. what we were doing when we were 15 I was like I have a camera <laughs> you know it's like okay let's learn lighting let's Getting learn to, like myspace pages and like photos from that kind of thing of yeah. people like figuring out camera gear and how to do things well it's funny you mentioned that because the first thing I ever did for sky was a myspace layout back yes. way back way back and uh yeah, that's what she first would hit me up for. Because, of course, back then, that was like that was the, the place thing. To be, right? You learned to code or you learned to do graphic design to improve your MySpace. That was... Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I was one of those. I learned, I knew code. I learned how to code. And I tried to make her like these crazy layouts. Um, yeah. So then, and then the first thing I ever did for Sumo Cycle was a MySpace layout. But funny enough, when Sumo Cycle launched, MySpace was no longer relevant. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> I did go on MySpace, I think like a month or so ago to see what it actually is now. And I just, I, it was unrecognizable compared to what you want really? to Really? Like they've, cha- they've tried to change it? Well, it's, it's meant to be more music based now. Like they, they set uh, themselves up as like a music um, platform to advertise your band on, kind of like basically trying to be Bandcamp or anything like that. But nobody goes there. It's just like a ghost town of... That makes sense because, I mean, it's always bands that say, like, oh, yeah. remember MySpace? Like, my MySpace page. It, I rarely hear, like, my sister-in-law go, oh, man, my MySpace page. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah, I did the, the whole cheeky look of just, like, I just need to make sure there's nothing too embarrassing left of me on MySpace thing. That's, yeah. You, you got to do a yeah, deep dive every so often on yourself. <laughs> Yeah, it's true because when when you probably wrote some of those like posts and stuff, yeah. it was like in an angsty time because that was like the emo yeah. <laughs> the emo time. I mean, I vividly remember my MySpace for a while was just I think it was just like some lady who was like covered in blood because mm-hmm. I was very goth at the time, like uber goth and romantic goth, and it was all very dramatic and over the top and and frilly shirts and that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah thankfully moved on from that <laughs> not there's anything you, wrong with you ever do but... the myspace angle where it was oh definitely camera up? i had badly photoshopped one because i was learning photoshop at the time so it was like my eyes were black and like yeah you know, there was like some like makeup tears running down my face yeah yeah staring off that, into the distance <laughs> that 
You know what? I do miss that trend, though. I think we should bring that back. <laughs> no, just no. no. <laughs> I, I did a stream recently where I went through a bunch of my college work, uh, which was just paintings and stuff, which I did when I was like 15 through 18. And I was like, no, I, I'm glad I got it out at the time. But yeah. none of this should come back. <laughs> it's all right a passage, though, right? Yeah. It's like all, even when I look at artwork I did, 10 years ago some yeah. people are still like that was good i'm like mm. <laughs> it's, let's not bring that up <laughs> it's like when you stumble into deviantart and you see something and it's still getting likes and you're like but this is terrible like, yeah. but at the same time the ego in me can't take it down because you're still liking it <laughs> yeah but uh, and then also it's like a it's like a rite of passage like even yeah. if you look at like sumo's album covers like you look at lost in psycho city versus initiation mm. and like they're like very very different <laughs> evolution say, that must be quite hard for you because your work's so public facing like yeah if you see something and you, you nowadays you, you kind of look at it and go okay it's not that good it's still out there <laughs> it's still out there and that's why i am so fussy um with what i do now and a lot of people will tell me i don't need to be as fussy but I'm just like, it's out there. And it, it, and musicians get it to a degree because like if they write a song, they have to perform it yeah. for ever and ever and ever. So like they want to make sure that what they write is good. And it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, if, if I, I always try and like have a little bit of time to sit with it, like, cause you, I'm sure, you know, too, like it's, you get, if you've been staring at a piece for so long and mm -hmm. your eyes like start to strain, you can sort of not trust yourself anymore <laughs> yeah, definitely. If, if it's good so I always am like give me like a couple days to sit with it just to like make sure it's good before it goes out to the world yeah I always say it's you you let it stew for a couple of days it's like make, making yeah. a cup of tea you just say okay I've made it I'm just gonna put it over there and then I'm gonna walk past it 20 times a day yeah and every time I see it I'm just gonna be like mm, I don't know if I like it but then every so often you met you notice something wrong with it and then you realize you're gonna just stack in yeah no. yeah Tragedy but it's it's it is, uh, that is one thing i have learned uh growing in this profession is to allot the time to allow that yeah um and you know like a lot of people say oh i'm a procrastinator and i've and of course like in my college years i was <laughs> not anymore i can't i can't uh i can't do that <laughs> anymore <laughs> did you did you go to college to study photography then was that your your goal like uh, I went to college for graphic design, actually. Okay. Um, oh. And I did three years of that. Um, and I did, like, a semester in photography at the time. Right. But I just did it because, like, they told me I needed to take another course. <laughs> and it wasn't something that I thought I was going to get into. But the more and more I got into um, creative, like, I've always been someone who's really good at Photoshop. Hmm. And... I found that I'd get a lot of uh, photographers send me their work to uh, retouch. Right. And I started realizing that I didn't really enjoy editing other people's work. I wanted to edit my or create my own work from scratch, like concepts and, yeah. and everything. And I wanted to be on set and not always be at a computer. Um, so I taught myself photography after, after that, like I had the fundamentals from my course in, and college which taught me basically about like aperture shutter speed and like mm -hmm. the the fundamentals of the camera 
Um, but like lighting and editing and all that, I've I've taught myself. That's cool. That's, yeah, that's the kind of. I mean, I always say, um, not to dismiss you, I always say graphic design is kind of evil. But that's because I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that kind of a. I my work isn't neat enough to be graphic. And when mm. I meet graphic designers in the past, it's always been like, oh, no, I, you know, I like these bold colors and these shapes. And I'm just like, I can't do it, which means it's witchcraft, which means I'm definitely like. <laughs> you know, you're, you're right about that. Like graphic design is considered to be like vector and like yeah. clean logos and very like uh, simple and clean. Yeah. And a lot of printers hate me because I'm not that type either. I'm like, no, I want textures and like yeah. grit and like all the stuff on it. And they're like, this isn't a vector file. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you print it. I remember this other time he sent me some images and it, they were PDFs. And I was like, why are you sending me PDFs? He's like, because that's what everybody uses. It's like, no, just like give me a PNG or like a raw file or something I can just do something with. It's like, I can't yeah. do anything with this PDF. Why, why is graphic design using this? <laughs> it's true it's true that's funny yeah yeah Yeah. teaching yourself photography is hard so that's that's, yeah especially well i mean i've I've been lucky in a lot of ways because i have had like sumo i always have considered in a lot of ways they've been my guinea pig over years like sky's always been a willing victim when i've been like i want to try this (laughs) come with me i just think And so she'd be like, okay, cool. And like, she gets a photo out of it. And if it doesn't work, it's just like, it was an experiment. Um, You know, a lot of uh, photographers and artists do use their friends. um, But to have friends that like, are willing to kind of like, do crazy weird stuff. (laughs) is another thing too. You find, I guess, do you find musicians respond to that though? In that it's easier for them to understand what you're kind of trying to create. I think so. And and it's interesting because like, yeah, like Sumo, like that's why Sky and I have always continued working together because she likes our creative relationship, what we both do and get out of it. Um, but like with other bands as well, like I do get a lot of bands that always that always keep coming back um, because they do feel like um, their photos aren't just like always them standing in a line, you know. <laughs> I get <laughs> that is the cliche photograph of just we're going to stand in somewhere um, probably maybe in industrial estate and we're just going to yeah. stand in front of this girder and look moody <laughs> yes but you can... know, and it's it's a balance too because like press wants that photo at the end of the day like people yeah. want to see like a clear shot of the faces of each member and like <clears throat> you know they don't want something super creative unless you're like rolling stone and you want yeah. like an editorial piece around it um but like and that's where i try and find that balance you know even with like sumo and even with the band nonpoint i've been working with I, to me it's like all about the coloring um like nonpoint we just did a photo and they're they're standing in a line and it's black background but i have made all their colors black gray and red okay so like everything still feels very like branded and a part of it so it's like for them they feel that creative like oh this belongs with our album packaging and our art and this feels yeah. like s and they're happy with that word and press is like great we got the photo we want there <laughs> it's simple it's straight to the point yeah <laughs> every photographer looks at it and goes yeah but we could have done something <laughs> we can explore this a little bit more 
Uh, oh, yeah. I think this is one of the reasons I kind of wanted to reach out to you because you, you do see so many bands and you see so many musicians and especially using visuals, but you never get like your name never gets thrown on the album cover. And I always no. find that same with like kind of film and, and TV and all those kinds of things. You see the actors and the actors get all the attention and the praise and all. And you're like, yeah, but who, who made this? Like, I, I need to know more about that person and know why they do this and what they're all about. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that is, a, that is the factor of like being a behind the scenes person. <laughs> um, it's like part of the life. Right. But no. Sumo is always very good at like giving me shout out and credit. Nonpoint is the same as well. Um, and they, they always try and make sure that they give credit where credit is, is due. And so I always feel lucky and I appreciate that. But I mean, that is, that is the industry and that is the world, right? Like it's, yeah. it is, it's the musicians, and the artists and the actors. I mean, it, 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 I guess it kind of plays to that whole idea of um, whenever you get directors, it's like, yeah, well, directors all secretly want to be actors. And, and, and you know, photographers all secretly want to be in the bands they're photographing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and there is, there is some factor to that because like a lot of music photographers, some of the biggest music photographers were musicians first. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, for, for me, like I... I I enjoy of course like you know getting I appreciate when I am recognized for what I for what I've accomplished like when people say to me like oh that album cover was really good I'm like like I do really that means a lot to me um and that that does feel very uh important to me but you know I also I'm not someone that I consider like to be a real entertainer so I don't necessarily feel i have to be in the limelight <laughs> i'm just secretly working on your side project band which will just come out of nowhere <laughs> the solo album I, you've not told anybody about <laughs> i should do like a spoof project where i like create a band and i'm just like the i'll do press photos of myself and it's just there's never any music release it's just like it's got all the promo <laughs> content the great website like all that stuff but then there's just no music whatsoever I feel like someone did that. Like, I feel like there, there was a there was a musician. Or I feel like it was like a death metal musician or someone who basically yeah. managed to make like an online campaign about themselves, but then turned up to gigs and everyone realized that there was no band. It was just this guy. Yes, that was a thing. Like two years ago, there was a guy who uh, booked all these shows and had promoters promoting it, and the the band like didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I don't know. There's a, there's a part of me as an artist. I feel like you have to troll the audience, kind of, and I feel like that's the yeah. ultimate level of what you could do: just create something completely non-existent, but with well, all the press, <laughs> you know, music videos for songs which don't I, exist, right? <laughs> I think, especially for people like me, like that, because you know so much of the inner workings, you can totally pull it off. <laughs> you could easily pull off if you if you just started, you know posing someone and, and produce the thing you could get hype for a band which no one's ever heard the sound of <laughs> that's how Again, it's like branding sold is. out everywhere <laughs> that's the crazy thing of that i feel like this is what what people forget when they listen to bands and music and they you learn about them and learn about what they do you forget you are being sold something but it's created by someone and not necessarily the band you're listening to is creating that branding becomes yeah almost more I mean, important 
the music industry is like that. I definitely try to not be like that with with artists that I work with. You know, I really always want to make sure that they um, feel like what they're representing or how they're being represented is them um, and not not being told how to look or how to be. you know, and even I, it's been interesting, like this past two weeks uh, with Nonpoint, um, for anyone who doesn't know Nonpoint, they're uh, a band based out of uh, the US, Sumo's toured with them twice, Sumo Psycho's toured with them twice. Um, and they, um, they're a legacy band, they've been around for like 20 years. Right. Um, they had a, legacy. Yeah, they yeah. had like a uh, they've had quite a few good big songs and they had one called in the air tonight they did a cover phil collins and it was like in the miami vice movie um so they've definitely like had their their structure and they've got a hardcore fan base and uh you know they've been on major labels for 20 years and they just left and went independent uh and that's what one of the announcements we made uh two weeks ago was they went independent and then they've put me in charge of their creative um and that was a large part because they wanted to see what I would do for them on their upcoming releases um and and see if they really did take things into their own hands um and not put it as much into uh, a label and other people what it would what it would do for them in their future releases so you know I definitely try and help artists with that um and make make them feel like that they they can take charge and as you know with sumo psycho they're like that as well you know they've really got their their hands in every part of their of their of their band i think that's important though i i I don't i I, sometimes i think I, i don't know how comfortable people are within music and within having a band or being a performer and letting someone else control any aspect of that like that's going to be a huge change to make especially if you if you do get signed and then the label's like yeah we're going to do this with you that's that's a scary thing just i mean i can't imagine doing that as like someone taking hold of me and being like yeah you're going to make this kind of thing now (laughs) i agree i mean i think it's i i I think you're very right like it is a scary thing but it's i i I understand like both sides of it like if you Mm -hmm. are an artist it's like at the end of the day you want to like create art write music and like not worry about like is this song available in <laughs> in Australia? Yeah. <laughs> um, I get that having all those things and the, spinning all those plates um, is a lot. Um, mm. But I also think uh, on the other side of it, no one's going to work harder for you than you. <laughs> so Definitely. if you can. If you can strike that balance of like in between, I think I think that's right. And like Sumo Psycho does that, and Nonpoint does that, where they've associated, they are taking things in their own hands, but they do have the people around them to guide them on things that might be a little uh, out of their wheelhouse a little bit. Yeah, it's like a, it's almost. I mean, it's a bad, bad analogy. It's almost like having an accountant of just knowing that I'm bad with numbers and going, I, I need someone else who can do do the numbers like I can yeah. make things come in but you, you just handle this bit <laughs> but even and even I re, I've, I've been learning that with 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 creative too right there's things that like I know how to do really well myself yeah. <clears throat> but like the more adventurous I try and get on certain creative projects I'm like you know what having someone who can like literally mathematically map out how this is supposed to like hang on the set or like <laughs> 
you know, yeah. that is kind of out of my strength. So you lean on someone who, who does know how to do that better. Right. I mean, how, how do you find that then? Cause you, you mentioned that you, you quite, uh, not, I mean, not perfectionist, but particular about the way you do things or, or the way something should be done. Like working with other people is a, is a nightmare in itself than if it's not quite yeah. going the right way. <laughs> you know, as a as a photographer and a graphic artist for for all this time I've I've really done it all myself. It's actually been this past like 6 to 8 months that more people have been trying to help me and get involved in it and and a lot of it has actually to do with the pandemic. Um yep. With with Nonpoint, they're in the U.S. Um, and so they still wanted me to be a, a part of their creative and and in charge of their photo shoots. And I was like, okay, but I can't be there in person. Like the border is closed. Yeah. I can't physically <laughs> so, leave where I am. <laughs> it's not that I don't want to be. I just actually can't. Yeah. Um, but they still wanted to do it. So we, I had to lean on other people to uh, source the all the gear. I gave them a list. I told them the concept and I literally drew out lighting diagrams being like, if this is the subject, this is where the light has to be. This is the kind of light you're going to need. And then they had a master list of all the gear. They sourced it. And then like through zoom, they would, they would be at the location and they'd be like, okay, this is a location we're thinking of getting. Does this work? They'd like show me all around it. And then on the shoot day, I was on Zoom the whole time. They had like a special feed in to me and I could see into the camera as the photos were being taken. So then with the microphone too, they could hear me so I could give direction to the guys and and all that. And then they mailed me the hard drive with all the the raw images to edit it. So after going through that experience, it's like, okay, maybe I can work with other people. (laughs) Maybe, just maybe. I mean, I always get like, I mean, I know obviously pandemic's the, the elephant in the room in terms of industry and creating and all these kinds of things. But I think it's it's given creative such a, a view of what is possible nowadays. Yeah. Like, I think we a lot of us kind of get into that position of creating in the same way over and over again. And there's no, yeah. it gets to a point where there's no real challenge because you know how to do it. You know, the challenge yeah. is finding clients, the fi- finding the concept or whatever you want to find. And then to have someone suddenly go, oh, actually, no, if you can never leave your house again, could you still do this? <laughs> and your brain goes, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that you've just suddenly done this. It's forced people to evolve. <laughs> basically, that basically did happen. Like, yeah, like, and I went through a chaotic, I mean, everyone went through a chaotic 2020. So I can't say I went through a chaotic 2020, but that was a big part of it was like, okay, you, all of those projects that you, we had lined up, can you still do it? And I'm like, uh, well, I physically can't be there. And then they're like, well, we have to at some point move on. So you have to problem solve around this. And it's like, yeah. well, I don't want to lose the client, like, especially like music industry wise, like it's, it, it you you network you don't want to like lose yeah, clients yeah. that you've gotten their trust so i'm just like okay and we problem solved around it and it worked it did work would i ever say it's a solution i don't know i miss being in the room <laughs> <laughs> but it's there it's an option right like it's it is an option yeah it, you know it if, it, if, if, if it goes absolutely tits up again you can get it done right it's true. It's true. And I mean, that that is the thing I learned. And I did learn like, okay, with this team of people, 
if they were willing to like so much, they wanted me involved. They didn't, they could have gone with another photographer in the U S yeah. And I gave them that option, but they, they really did want to keep working with me that it told me that loyalty as well. And, and the willingness to like source the gear and not just say, Oh, screw that told me the, the perseverance on their end as well. So I was like, okay, you know, that's a good team of people to be with because it does really mean that like, whatever the odds they're going to work with you through it. Yeah. I think that, that especially with a client relationship, that's really important. You don't want someone who's kind of a bit too hands off or just like, oh, it's going to cost how much? I guess I'll, I'll exactly. find someone who's cheaper and, and move on from that that kind of end point of, of just trying to get things done for the lowest cost at whatever they want done. Um, which, I, yeah, having been a photographer freelance for a short while following uni, that was a nightmare. Like, being getting into the professional side of it yeah i I can't imagine going back to that like i I got out of photography (laughs) because of clients essentially oh really (laughs) well so i studied i studied contemporary lens media which is just a fancy way of saying photography and film um so i was into (laughs) photography and shot film and i I was going to go off and do all of that and then i realized that i just i don't care about the technical side of photography in any way shape or form it it, it seemed like a barrier to me just being able to create whatever I wanted to create and then working with clients and having shot weddings for people my my enthusiasm just dipped I was like no well there's there there that's all very good points because there are so many aspects of photography in that way and I always think there are two kinds of photographers there's the technical photographer and then there's the creative photographer Mm -hmm. and the technical photographer is the one that's like always up on the latest gear knows every in and out of like what that camera can do yeah and is always studying like oh like sony has come out with this sensor and this sensor means like this and this is possible and of course this is really impressive you do need those people um but then there's the creative people that (laughs) that like there's the creative photographers that see a, a vision right and they they you know, that they just want to kind of see that vision come to life. It's not really necessarily about the kind of camera or, or things like that. Of course, the, the knowing, knowing that stuff helps you bring your vision to life. Mm -hmm. Um, But also if you do have people on your team, like I always look at big photographers like Annie Leibovitz. Um, She is definitely a creative photographer Mm -hmm. and she definitely knows like cameras and understands them, but she has a whole, team that's gonna like always make sure that like like that she's working with the top cameras it's all synced right like everything is is set up for her to like be ready to go and shoot how she's envisioning right so you know there's there's those different things and that's why did you know when i say there's tech photographers and there's uh, creative photographers they do need to work together too sometimes um having technical people around creative people is really important <laughs> but i think that 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 shows in your work though i think like with you having done um, graphic design it shows that you've got that that technical knowledge which you can apply to creativity and it, it works mm-hmm. well and co- that's why your images are so good and impactful is just is having that that balance which you've managed to strike which i think <clears throat> many photographers yeah just don't you either want some of them you go one way or another you end up super technical but there's no concept and there's no feeling to an image or those mm. who go full creative 
but are never able to produce images because it just falls to the waist. I'm curious now, though, because you mentioned Ali Leibovitz, so photographers which you do kind of look to for inspiration. Yeah, I mean, Annie Leibovitz has always been my top one. Annie Leibovitz was the one that got me into photography. My uh, my sister-in-law had a book on, like, Vanity Fair's top portraits of the century. And she, like, one night, like, 10 years ago, I was eating dinner at her house, and she put it on the table. I was like, I think you'd like this because you, like, like art. And I, I, when I was flipping through the books, it wasn't just Annie Leibovitz photos. Mm-hmm. There were, like... 50 photographers in that book Annie Leibovitz's ones were sorry I'm getting text um Annie Leibovitz's ones were the ones that I oh I could immediately tell which ones were hers yeah. I'd flip through and I'd be like that's an Annie Leibovitz I can just tell like style lighting the way she just sees things and it dawned on me because I was like so blown away by it I was like she gets paid to do this <laughs> You can get paid. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not easy to get paid to do no, that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get paid for it. Like, but you can get possible. paid. Yeah. it's possible. It exists. Um, and I, immediately at that moment, it was like, okay, I want to try. Want to? I want to yeah. try and go down that that road. So, of course, she was the one that like started me on the photography journey. Um, but, uh, but since then I've, I've studied like so many different aspects of photography too. Like I love, there's some music photographers that I absolutely love who are phenomenal at like just capturing energy live. Um, mm-hmm. just Josiah, uh, Van Dien, he is, uh, Sean Mendez's photographer and he's incredible. Um, then there's like Ashley Osborne. She is one a little bit like me. She's a creative director um, and does like shoots and stuff like that for bands. But then she also does uh, like goes on tour and does concerts as well. So yeah. it's definitely, I, I try and I'm always peering around and going, what's everyone else doing? <laughs> yeah, though, this is, I think people worry about that. People worry about looking at other people's work because they're worried that it'll influence their own work or, you know, they feel like maybe someone will look at me, oh, well, you're clearly just imitating this person. I'm like, well, no, we, you take inspiration as an artist, you know? You, you take inspiration. And I also think, because there's always the artist turmoil of like, oh, but I really like how this person did that. I wish, and I, I have realized that I don't think a certain way in something. So like there's photographers that I can really admire and I can look at their work and I can go, okay, they really did like um, Stephen Klein, like he's amazing, but like he thinks in a way I would never think. So even though I can really appreciate it, I will never imitate him because I just don't think that way. And I've realized that, that you can, be inspired and take note but you also have to acknowledge how you creatively work as well mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah it, okay. it, it is it is again i think it's that balance of looking at what's around you but also stay remaining you know unique to yourself like you say it's you you think in a way that no one else will think that's just mm-hmm. a reality of being human i guess that's the thing 
overly deep. Um, we got we got way way below surface level of just art. Um, but, um, yeah, that it, happens it's, with me. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I mean, every podcast ends up in gradual existential crisis. Um, that's just that's just how we live. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's figuring out what you do, how you do it, why you do it, and I yeah. I, I find it interesting. Kind of you your your view of it coming from kind of like a DIY. I want to make this image. I have an idea. We're going to try and do that idea. And then looking at other people and thinking, well, how did they do that? Because that's a kind of a cool thing. But knowing that eventually you're just going to come up with an idea and be like, oh, well, maybe we could utilize this to bring this idea to life. Yeah. Roll within that whole creative process. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've learned with myself that I do like color. Um, and Evidently. I mean, I mean <laughs> if anyone looks at you, it's obvious that you like color. <laughs> I mean, you look at Sumo, you look at Sumo Psycho, and I mean, that is Sky. Because I've always felt like when you look at Sky on stage, mm-hmm. you know, she always has had bright color hair, always picks bright outfits. That's always been her. So her and I have always complimented in that way because I am not afraid of color. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like when I'm working with Nonpoint, who, who doesn't have the bright color hair and the bright outfits on stage, I still need that like pop of red <laughs> in there, like that little bit of like something striking with color. And I realized that that's kind of like more my, my thing. So. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call Sumo like a beige band or a gray band (laughs) in any way, shape or form. (laughs) I always think they look like they're, uh, they're like, um, uh, like a psychedelic circus act, you know, but like in a really, in a cool way. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, if clowns started a punk band, but then yeah. embraced just the color side of it, just like yeah. we started off as this this thing, but now we're, we're cool and colorful, <laughs> bell <laughs> <Yeah>. colorful. <laughs> That's how we go into it. It's, yeah. you know, it's interesting here because, like, as I say, like I I thoroughly avoid color as, as, as every aspect of what I do, <laughs> even in the podcast. I mean, this gets but that's your thing. <laughs> That's laziness, though, mine. Because I, I when I know, when I, I started, I did I I didn't want to color grade everything. Mm. So I was just like, well, if I just turn everything black and white, I don't have to color grade. No, but I mean, and there is something always to be said about that. And you, especially if you are someone who shoots like more candidly, like less in studio portrait, because like in studio and portrait you can literally control like everything about the environment. You can control what the person is wearing. You can control where they're standing, how the lighting is like everything. If you're shooting more candid out in the world, um, then it's definitely, uh, in my opinion, a lot better to, uh, to go to black and white because of the fact that you can't control the environment, but you still see something about a picture that, is still striking and you're trying to take away what's like distracting it if there's like something bright in the background that doesn't work at all yeah you know but the photo is still good you want to like still it's it's a way to resolve it right i love photographing um really colorful things but in black and white film and Mm. then just handing people the photographs and just knowing that i know exactly what's going on here but you guys can't see any of this. I've hidden it from you. I've made that choice. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't deserve the colors in this photo, which I <laughs> There's a reason I don't get out of it. <laughs> don't, don't <worry> <laughs> um, you know, 
photographing people too like I've 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 learned like there's so many different ways and this is me going down into the photography rabbit hole but like there is when, when so many aspects of different kinds of photography like I've learned how much I respect like adventure and nature photographers for what they do yeah. because the way they go through to get a photo is so completely different than like how I would with people like they've They'll they'll go live in the wilderness for 30 days so that the animals get so used to them being around that they start acting naturally around them. And then once that happens, then they start bringing the camera out. I was like, that is a lot of like patience and work for a photo. And I highly respect it, but it is a very different way yeah of doing things you know but then i think that i think the same kind of goes for what you do with like live performance and and capturing essentially emotion or very like intimate portraits of people on stage there's a there's a level of kind of confidence and knowledge which goes into that which i i can't understand and i know nature photographers will understand it's like cool you're going to stand in front of like a huge crowd and get mm-hmm. in the face of the artist whilst they're, they're doing their thing it's like looking down a cannon just like <laughs> if it that, it's true it, it's funny because like I have I never realized that that was something that I naturally did right, that like okay. didn't didn't spook me until I worked with other bands and they I wouldn't be able to do a gig and they'd pick another photographer and they'd be like oh it's so hard to get um other people to run across the stage (laughs) they're like they're too nervous yeah and i didn't realize i was like what what do you what do you mean you just do you want to shout the drummer you just go walk up to the drummer (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just like no i'd stand up to the side with like a really long lens so i don't have to be anywhere near that guy (laughs) like there's so much I, I, i vividly remember weddings where i've just been like to go down the aisle and photograph these people but you know it's funny because like now that you say that like i think of like download festival when sumo Mm -hmm. psycho did that in 2019 they played to a crowd of thousands like that was the biggest crowd sumo psycho has played to thus far um and i don't even remember the crowd (laughs) like i think i was just like so locked in that i was like this moment is important like yeah just get in there <laughs> just absolutely I mean, that's kind of crazy though like in terms of your live stuff of that you're you're so on fo- focused so on point that the rest of it just doesn't matter like yeah i don't i don't i don't even like i'm aware of the crowd because i try and get photos of the crowd but yeah. i don't think they see me for some reason like i'm not no. aware of it <laughs> could be the band on stage <laughs> but- but it's funny because, like, I will get tagged in posts, like, yeah. on, on Instagram and stuff, being like, caught Frankie on the side. I'm like, what are you looking at me for? But like, that, I feel like that's the thing, though. Like, if you've ever done photography or you know photographers, you look for the photographer. Like, when yeah. it's like kind of like when you've done editing, when you watch a film, you're like, oh, I see what they did there. And then when you go to gigs, you're like, where's the photographer? <laughs> I, know, I know there's one round here somewhere. <laughs> It, it's funny because I'm and I'm sure you know, but like with with stages, the the I guess the policy or the uh, united understanding is like uh, crew always wears all black on stage, right, so that you don't see them. Um, but Nonpoint had me 
um, always wear a red hat. Elias um, really wanted me to wear a red hat. And it was because he felt when there's a pit of photographers and there's people always on the stage, if I had a red hat, he'd always know which one was me. And then he'd know which camera to really put attention to because, of course, it's his content. Um, So that became a thing. And people started recognizing the red hat. So it became an Instagram thing of like spot the Frankie. Whenever I was on tour with Nonpoint, people would look for the red hat on the side of the stages and they'd take photos and it would just have hashtag spot the Frankie. <laughs> like having a little, all I can think of is those little trolleys you get in supermarkets with the flag so you don't lose your kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Where's my it's very effective though. Yeah. It is because... Elias will spot me on the second balcony, like fifth row, and he'll—he's done it where he's been like, he's been like, all right, and he, because he of course has the microphone, he's like, I want everyone to go look at the second balcony and look at for a photo right now, and I would be like, oh my god, that's in those moments I realize everyone's looking at me. (laughs) (laughs) It's suddenly very remember. Oh yeah, there's a crowd. then i get shy i'm like oh hi okay yeah I, yeah as photographers you you get used to hiding behind the camera so someone points to you it's like hmm. yeah comfortable i mean obviously pandemic wise we, we mentioned um kind of back and forth in emails that's obviously thrown live performance like out the window so to speak yeah. <laughs> um i mean I, i'm assuming you're missing that 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 tall life that everything to do absolutely you know it's it's funny because like i'm i'm freelance so i i live two lives i have the the road life and then i have my home life and my Mm -hmm. road life has always been something that i like to balance out my home life it's always been that okay i want like a month or two of just like social working with people every day taking photos every single day and just like that kind of craziness but that life and then when I come home it's just like you know I don't mind if I don't see anyone for weeks (laughs) and I just want to like you know bury myself like in editing and just you know I'm good with that and this past year and a half it's been all home life (laughs) so I miss I do miss I really do miss the road life and I miss I miss the adrenaline of it. There is there is very much an adrenaline to touring and concerts and mm-hmm. and being around people and everyone like the thing I love about concerts is and this is the thing with music of course is just that no matter like what is going on with people's lives like they're having you know like a hard time with their family or like you know they're having uh, issues with their job or whatever like they go to a concert and they forget about it all for a couple hours they have a good time like yeah. everyone's in a good mood usually at a concert and to see that like you know everyone's been going through a lot and they haven't had that release it, it, it that I feel I miss the most yeah um but I also think that when the first concerts are back everyone and I mean we're starting to see it like people are having footage I think of like in Israel and and people are like losing their minds well yeah it's it's, it's interesting because it's kind of like it's like a cleansing which people yeah. do you go to a gig and it's you just you know you forget your troubles you, yeah. you throw yourself into whatever you're watching you're entirely focused on what's on stage and and the world around you doesn't exist um yeah so when you take that away 
returning to that I, it's the, that kind of thing which stopped like i'm sort of thinking like we're not entirely out of lockdown in the uk yet um but i've kind of said they're like i might give it a couple of months before i go to a gig because mm-hmm. there's some people who really need to <laughs> really need to get out <laughs> and just i don't know if i want to be around for that <laughs> it's so true. but oh man you know it, i don't know when my first show will be being here in toronto and canada um toronto is going through uh one of the uh we're in our third wave and we're in pretty bad lockdowns at the moment um our third wave is our worst wave out of the other two mm-hmm. Um, and so we are technically not supposed to leave our houses except for exercise and essentials. Um, but you know, we're, we're moving forward with vaccines and they're hoping like by the fall here, um, that things will be like opening up and back. And I have told myself that I'm kind of like, you know what, when, when things are like given the green light and go, like there's a time that's like, I just want to go find like a show. If it's a bar show with like 25 people. <laughs> I do feel like, like those, those people who maybe were like booking like one or two people in a crowd are suddenly going to have a much larger crowd than they expect. I think so. Like, I won't even care if I don't know the band, don't know the music. Yeah. I'm just gonna be like, I want to be there. Um, Could be a and fake it's, band, it's, which we've never written music for. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's how I get the crowd I'm just like okay um but it's interesting because like Nonpoint has some shows booked already for September they're uh some of the festivals in the U.S. um that got moved forward Mm -hmm. um have moved forward to to that uh that time um so we'll see how it goes but I'm kind of like hopeful I'm like as they're my touring family it would be nice to be able to get the content of like just them going back yeah out everything for the first time everything <laughs> yeah. just re re-emerging from the caves i mean i just say no why i said caves you know i've been to toronto it's, it's like the most metropolitan place i've been in <laughs> <laughs> um, no yeah i think especially like i mean I've, I've seen quite a few um virtual shows during the whole mm-hmm. last few years um last few years it's only been a year it is technically a few <laughs> As we come out of it, um, yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've been to virtual shows and at like virtual shows, I, I've I kind of like, and I, I kind of mm-hmm. want them to keep going, but mainly because like there are bands who I like who don't tour the UK, and I feel like they give you that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, you know, it'd be nice to get back out there and have that environment. The and- industry is saying that like the live streaming model that definitely was created during this time is definitely they feel is going to be a stay um and it's not going to be a stay in the sense of what what bands were doing at this time in the sense of what you're talking about that if you if there's a band that you really love um and you want to see their performance but they never come to the uk then they have a show in new york you can buy tickets to see it virtually um and yeah they're saying that that is uh, is definitely going to be something that they're going to introduce into the concert model so concert music model of getting it's i think it's quite strange with the whole kind of virtual live performance because pre-pandemic to me a virtual live performance was always associated with some sort of gimmick it would Mm. always be like oh it's the first one on like second life or the first show anyone's ever done online, or we've got 360 visuals and you can come see this. Yeah. Like, I don't even need that. I just need like a camera at the back of a crowd 
so I can see what's going on in the other side of the world. And I'd pay $10 yeah. to see that. Why not? You know? I think, I think the thing, having done the live streaming models the last year with bands, like the hardest thing for a band is always, if they don't have a crowd, mm-hmm. the energy is hard on the musician to like, cause they, yeah. they feed off crowds. Right. Yeah. Um, but if you did have a live streaming model where there is a crowd um, and that artist is then able to get that energy and interact and you feel the energy in that room, I definitely do think that that is something that is worth $10 yeah. to see, you know, at least, I mean, if you've seen, if you, uh, have you seen how they've done wrestling shows? I saw some footage from like a wrestling show, which they'd done and they had, so they had like the same arena with the ring and everything, but they have walls of faces. Oh yeah. Cause it's all people's like live streams of them on zoom. And it's like, Oh, I mean, one that's terrifying because you're just surrounded by screens. It's like living in black mirror. And, but you're just like, that seems kind of crazy, but yeah, you get the same vibe of like people just screaming and shouting and, and being yeah. there for the, for the, to feed the, the performance as it were i know i I think i saw them do that with baseball in the u.s where they where they had i don't know if it was screens or they like paid for um they paid for people that could buy a seat um and that they put like a uh, like a cardboard cutout of them in the seat <laughs> that's just dangerous though because i wouldn't want to put cut out of me i'd want to cut out of just like some random <laughs> but people people did that they it was so funny i saw one where someone uh bought a seat but they put a cardboard cutout of vinnie paul in it yeah. so i just like so yeah what do you do i bought a cardboard cutout so what did you put in it and it was like a bear or like a like a giraffe in the stands just to <laughs> just to throw people off. <laughs> really wanted to block the view of the cardboard cutout behind me, so I made it huge. <laughs> like, you, you, you know what I think is going to be so funny is like like 20, 30 years from now, when yeah. like they we'll, we'll see something like in a movie or like in history or like some news thing, and they'll be like, "What? What is up with that baseball game?" And we'll be like, "That was twenty twenty. Got to be there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah bit, I, I am dreading that moment of this it's just kind of like anything dramatic happens of just yeah this being even when things return to some level of normality of this just still being the focal point of conversations of friends because you haven't seen those friends in two years yeah and then you, you get to see them it's like oh yeah so we're doing this and how did you handle lockdown i, like, I just don't want to talk about it anymore yeah. <laughs> like, it it gets exhausting there was there's a skit you should see um by julie noki on youtube and she like uh had a social distance picnic with one of her friends and she went what's new <laughs> and there she's like what's new what's new it's like the conversation just stopped right there it, it does like, I think that's kind of been the benefit of, for artists, though. I mean, I, I know from speaking to other artists, friends and whatnot, like we said at the, kind of the beginning of this, it did, it challenged all of us to change how we work. And it challenged mm-hmm. us to work in a way which we'd never even considered. But it meant that we always had something to talk about. Like, it was always like, I'm trying something new. You know, I've, I've got a camera set up on Zoom and we're going to do this. So uh, I'm, I've started painting again and I never painted yeah. before. And it, it gave us a little outlet to like get into friends and family's lives. 
It did. And I think, I think that's, I think that's a very positive thing. And I think, you know, I learned how to cook. Oh, really? I was not, I was not great at cooking. It, it terrified me before. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's not that hard. <laughs> it, no, it's not that. It's you, you stand in front of huge crowds and photograph things in the high pressure, but cooking scares you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not right. I'm not normal, but <laughs> not that's, that, normal really. <laughs> that 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 was my Achilles heel, but I don't I don't have that that weakness anymore. I learned how to cook and that was one of the things where I was really proud of myself because I was like, you know what? I'm not I am home. I'm not on tour where I have to like have yep. makeshift catering and like all these kind of things eat soggy sandwiches <laughs> or anything so it's like i'm gonna learn how to do this i'm gonna learn how to like do it properly i'm home so if i don't ever learn it now i never will <laughs> yeah if there was a time to take up a new skill it was during the time where we couldn't leave our own houses is <laughs> definitely a way to kind of look at it and look at the future i guess <laughs> yeah but i also think i also think the interesting thing is the innovation that's had to come in in this time i think like people are nervous like oh music industry like what kind of state is it going to be and like yes it yeah. took a hell of a beating um but for the bands and for the industry teams and all that stuff who did innovate in this mm-hmm. time i think they're going to come out like out of the gate stronger and better than they are before because they're mentally equipped yeah. um and and from that reason i i do think like it's going to bounce back really quickly so Definitely. I think, yeah, I, I think I completely agree. I think there's a level of, and it, it, it sounds kind of cynical um, and harsh on other, others, but it's a case of if you have survived this period, even if it's just been like, just been ticking along, just keeping creating mm-hmm. things. If you've managed that going back, you're way stronger than you were previous. And there's people who have not managed it. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's sad that you stopped, but at the same time, maybe that's just, you needed a change. You need to change mm-hmm. what you were doing. If you can't survive doing this, then you need to alter what you're doing and adapt. I, I think that's the thing. It like exposed a lot of demons for certain people, right? Like how they, how they, how they handled this. And like, there's no judgment whatsoever because it's like such a weird life world we're in, but it really does tell and expose that where it's like, okay, maybe you do need help on on this if you are really you know struggling and don't be afraid of asking for help or you know if you did like I'm a creative person so that's what I leaned on and I went towards um and I think that it it really does tell you a lot about certain people right even look at like sumo psycho sky and matt like when they when the pandemic hit like they didn't know how this was going to affect their album release and it's still looking at it i'm like you've had your best album release to date so you know it didn't it didn't stop you um and i think that's the positive thing i think as much as a hurdle as this can be for people you just Mm -hmm it can it can still have its rewards you just gotta work around it <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta figure it out i think that's a great point to round this out on. i think that's yeah, yeah a positive message for the future of creatives is you do have to just work around it <laughs> work around it i mean and i mean 
Yeah, it'll, it'll, it, it does. And for me, like the biggest reward, I really cannot wait until when concerts are back. I just think the photos, like everyone bawling, crying in the crowd, just being like music and just like the artists are crying because they're back. Just a lot of tears. And I'm like, the, those first photos are going to be great. Yeah, that first gig is going to make and break some lives <laughs> in many ways, I think. <laughs> But it's fine. We're going through a we're going through a cultural cleansing of of, of everything which we have done. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. we've adapted and overcome. Uh, to round this out, though, you mentioned the album a couple of times. Where can people mm-hmm. find the album if you want to? They can find it. Um, I'll plug first. Uh, uh, if you go to sumopsycho dot com, um, mm-hmm. that way directly uh, supports the band. Uh, you can find it on vinyl. Uh, we just sold out of the book. Um, but uh there's a people even going now you can't get the book what's the point vinyl's (laughs) cool (laughs) there's no pictures in vinyl (laughs) there's one one. (laughs) great photo (laughs) um there's that and then uh also napalmrecords.com uh they have an exclusive vinyl with a different colorway which is really cool and then uh if you're not into physical then uh you can go on uh all streaming platforms spotify apple music they've they've definitely got it so and obviously check yeah. out nonpoint as well because they're doing yes amazing things. Non- <laughs> nonpoint just put out a song called ruthless which uh is very ruthless <laughs> um and i'm working on the music video for that at the moment and that will be dropping probably in a couple days um i don't know when this comes up but uh if not go check it out on their youtube um um and yeah that that's exciting that song's also available on all streaming platforms and you can pre-order the ep um on nonpointstore.com almost like that's rehearsed in somewhere like, almost <laughs> like you have that information just to your brain you're just like i'm going to have to say this hundreds of times either way links will be you in know what? all description when you, when, when, when you spend like four days putting together merch bundles you kind of learn <laughs> where it is learn where everything is and how everything works yeah. <laughs> adds to the the skill set of being able to repeat the, the, the press release <laughs> yeah exactly but thank you for joining me francesca it's been yeah, thank you for having me this was a this was a, a treat very fun so i i enjoyed it it's been great um obviously check out francesca's work because it's fantastic. It's how I found there's a drag around to the podcast to speak for an hour. Uh, but we will talk to these guys later then. Bye.